Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X podcast. So this week I have an amazing episode lined up for you. I have a fantastic guest, Jay Bear. Jay is a Hall of Fame speaker and EMC, New York Times bestselling author of not one, not two, not three, but six books, founder of multi-million dollar companies, including Convince and Convert. Welcome to the show, Jay. Amy, thanks so much for having me. Delighted to be here. I like how you said it's a great episode. Before I start talking, that is a <laughs> terrific amount of a lot of optimism and i appreciate it <laughs> no pressure <laughs> um so you're often referred to as the world's most inspirational marketing customer experience and customer service keynote speaker that's quite a title isn't it it is indeed i, I will uh, i will wear that mantle proudly <laughs> and what so what else did i so obviously you've got your businesses you do an awful lot of speaking author is there anything that i've missed from that well a podcaster so i have a course, podcast yeah. called uh, social pros that that we've uh, we're almost at episode 400 so i uh, have been doing that show for uh, a, a long time i'm also a tequila collector so i kind of <laughs> do that on the side and uh yeah it's it's never a dull moment but that's how i like it it's really interesting about the tequila um, well, I grew, I grew up in Arizona, so I was I was pretty close to the Mexican border, and and uh, so and, and went to school, went to uni really close to the border. So you sort of get exposed to to it there, and you know a lot of people have had sort of a bad experience with tequila in their life at some point, uh, and uh, and I like it. I, to me, it's kind of like wine. There's lots of different uh, lots of different types and things like that. Once you sort of dig deep on it. Oh, there is. Yeah. Like when I was at university, it was just that terrible um, drink that you had. But now, I, yeah, I've been introduced to this world of quality tequila and it's, it's I didn't know it existed. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and there's there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different uh, types and brands and variations, and so so there's a there's a lot to it. Yeah, I didn't know you were. I didn't know that was your thing. That's cool. You should add that to the bio as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we should take you a little tour of my tequila collection here in the other yeah. room. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we first met you Preneur Summit, didn't we? Um, yeah. We stuck a mutual friend, and you spoke about that. You did. You delivered your keynote of talk triggers, which was mm -hmm. fantastic. Thanks. So you are, um, without a doubt, a repurposing hero of mine because <laughs> we, you know, content ten X. That's what we do. That's what my main focus is. And this show is always all about repurposing of content in loads and loads of different creative ways. And um, for you, so this is what I wanted to talk about today. Um, talk triggers, it just really fascinates me because you obviously did extensive research in order to write the book. And then you've got the keynote talk, which draws on lots of that research. You've got the video show, which where you know we've stepped in and worked with you with the video, podcast, blog posts, all the social content. So how did so where did it all start? I, all of my books, um sort of start the same way, Amy, which is with a, a collection of questions. W one of the nice things is that our consulting firm, Convince & Convert, works with lots of big brands all around the world on, on social and digital and customer experience and customer service. And because of that, uh, I get exposed to a lot of inquiries from, from brands and, and, and marketing directors who, who, who are like, well, what about this? What about that? And in this particular case, in Talk Triggers, which is really a book about the power of word of mouth, what, what I was hearing from our clients is that they, they had a fairly good idea, a handle now on how on, on how 
uh, social media works and, and what to put in what channel, but, but they didn't really know what to put, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't clear on the story. And I thought, geez, if our clients or some of the biggest companies in the world don't understand how to tell a story, then lots of people don't understand how to tell a story. And so I started to kind of pursue that a little bit. And I, and I realized that, that people are kind of going about it all wrong and that we have in the last you know 20 years, 15 years, since social media has become uh, really popular, we sort of kind of went to sleep on the premise of of word of mouth, that the best person to tell your story is not you. The best person to tell your story is your customer. And and so I, that was kind of the epiphany. And and I do it a little different than most people. We talk about repurposing. So for me, it's questions first. Mm-hmm. And the questions get repurposed into a speech. And so I'll write a speech and I'll take it out on the road and I'll do it uh, a dozen times or so just the same way a stand-up comedian would be. You'd write a new, You write new material, you test the material. And once it starts to work, or if it starts to work, then then I know there's a book there. And then I take the speech uh, and I repurpose it and expand it into a book, right? And then once I have a book, then that gets repurposed into a podcast or a show or social graphics or et cetera. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say that you did uh, you did the research and you wrote the book, and then you thought, right, okay, so I have a great um, book. I'll turn that into a keynote. But actually, okay, I, that makes sense because, like you said, you're testing the material out on an audience in that live environment. So, so, but in terms of the amount of content that goes into the book versus the talk, so mm-hmm. it's obviously a lot more there. So, how did you how do you manage that side of it? Yeah. So, so for when I start the when I start the the speech, um, I, I'll do the speech using uh, third party research, right? So I'll cite other people's studies and and other examples, and that's kind of the the initial prototype speech. And then once I decide to write the book, then I'll go out and do my own first party research, custom research, to buttress and augment the things that I have to say on the topic, my own case studies, my own stories, right? And and so what I'll actually how I start is. I, I literally record myself doing the prototype speech and transcribe it, right? So now I've got a speech, right? So I have a 60-minute speech worth of words. Uh, and, and of course, how, how you would deliver it on stage and how you deliver it on page are not the same, but but having that text available is is really useful. So in this case, I had the speech, then I worked with my uh, good friend, Daniel Lemon, who's the co-author of Talk Triggers. And he and I got together and said, okay, we have this speech, we have some ideas, uh, what research do we want to do? Did the research and then and then built out a, a a chapter, more conventional structure for for chapters and and sections of the book and and those kind of things. And then you take some of that structure and then and then put it back into what becomes now the 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 sort of speech 2.0, right? So you have speech before the book, speech after the book. Uh, that's kind of how we do it. Cool. And then in terms of the, are there other ways that you've repurposed that book content? Oh, sure. <laughs> so many. I mean, obviously the Talk Trigger show, which we yeah. worked with you on, which is a, a a weekly show where we tell a story about a, a business succeeding with word of mouth. And, and each episode was only six minutes long, but it was a YouTube video and a podcast and a blog post and an Instagram and an Instagram story and a tweet and a Facebook uh, and I'm probably in a LinkedIn. Um, so, so each six minute show became, well, 10 pieces of content. That's why this show is called 10 X. <laughs> and, and that was really uh, successful. And now the new thing we're working on, which I need to talk to you about uh, off air at some point is because the anniversary of the release of the book is coming up. It's uh, 2nd of October. 
we're going to do the Talk Triggers Awards. So Daniel and I have have found 18 amazing businesses, none of which are in the book. So they're all brand new. Uh, none are in the book in six categories. So three finalists in six categories. And we're going to open it up to voting online. Uh, and then the winning companies are going to actually receive the first annual Talk Triggers Award for Word of Mouth Excellence. And we've got trophies and all kinds of stuff. So we're really excited about that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> cool. And do you have um, more planned in terms of uh, further seasons of the video content coming out as well then? Or? Here's what I'm going to try first. I mean, yeah, we could absolutely do more seasons. We got nothing but um, the case studies. I'm going to actually recycle season one. Talk about repurposing, right? So one of the things that you find on 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 podcasts, especially those that have larger audiences, is they'll run greatest hits episodes, right? So so you know they'll say this episode was first recorded two years ago, uh, and uh, it's really great. You'll still like it. And I don't ever do that. Maybe you do, but I never do. I've done 400 episodes of my show, and we've never really run a greatest hits episode like that. So what I want to do is take the Talk Triggers uh, season one, which is 20 shows, and start over, right? And yeah. just re-release the whole show again um, 20 weeks in a row because a lot of people maybe didn't catch it the first time. So I want to try that and see how much new audience you can reach by just saying, okay, none of this is time sensitive. So let's just do it again uh, and see what happens. So that's going to be the first step and then we'll see. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. People love to um, revisit content again. I can't remember, I read recently how much Netflix paid for rerunning Friends. And it's literally, <laughs> yes. what was And that it? show's been out, that show hasn't been around for 20 years. Yeah, million, 25 year anniversary. Um, I, I know that because I went to Friends Fest last week. <laughs> um, but millions, like millions and millions to rerun Friends. So how much does that tell us that people do like to revisit content basically it's one of the reasons yeah. why it's one of the reasons why i've never done uh, a news oriented podcast mm. because i feel like if if it's like hey here's what happened this week well you can't rerun that content right and, and you and you can only um you know you can only repurpose it in a in a, in a short window until the next week or the next yeah. day so uh, i certainly appreciate people who do that that approach and it's a it's a great value to us all but i never felt like that's where i wanted to go because it kind of ties your hands it does yeah it's not very repurposeable at all is it so no so do you have um plans so with talk triggers obviously everything we've talked about do you what do you do from a business perspective? Have you been able to um, kind of repurpose findings into the kind of work that you do with Convince and Convert into trainings or uh, like, you know, presentations that you go into with your clients and that kind of thing as well? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we actually we actually do. Uh, word of mouth strategy for for brands where we'll, we'll take the same talk triggers approach, the same processes that we talk about in the book and in the show and the podcast and in the infographics and everything else that we've created. Uh, and, and we actually apply that methodology to brands and help them come up with a, a word of mouth differentiator that, that customers will notice and talk about. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we do research with their clients and things like that. And there's a very rigorous process that we go through. It's, it's not just like sit in the conference room and order pizza and come up with a fun idea. You know, there's a real strategic, um, valid, measured and tested uh, process associated with it. But yeah, we we uh, we have several projects like that going on right now. Mm. And I guess it's almost to the point we could have a follow up book, I'm sure, soon on, on everything that's coming out. Yeah, that's, it's so funny you say that. I, I was just uh, I had a bunch of car time this weekend and 
uh, I was just thinking about that. I was like, you know, this book will be out a year, um, and, and it takes you know a year or so to get a book out typically. Uh, so I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't need to work on one right now, but you know, within the next little bit, I should at least start thinking about what the new book might be. And and that's the question, right? Is it is it is it more about word of mouth, uh, or is it something else entirely? It's uh, it's tricky because I, I tend to a, a lot of people who are in marketing or customer service, customer experience, um, this general field, tend to have uh, a piece of that game and then and then stay in that lane the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. So so they'll write uh, books about customer service every two or three years, and 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 you know they're different, but they're all sort of about customer service. I I, I have not done that historically, right? So I've got uh, I've got three books about content marketing, one book about customer service, one book about word of mouth, and and they all fit together in some ways, but but. Uh, I, I'm not one to to sort of plow the same field repeatedly. I think I just get bored. So I don't know. Uh, maybe there'll be another one on word of mouth, or maybe something entirely, entirely different. I haven't haven't decided. Then I'm going to start a new show here pretty soon as well. Uh, uh, that that may or may not be about word of mouth. So we'll see. Keep it exciting. <laughs> I'd love to see where um, you guys work with somebody to come up with a word of mouth idea and then how long it takes for that to take off and get become, you know, how long does a talk trigger take to truly become? Yeah, almost like a serialized podcast. We're following that same case study uh, throughout the the whole the whole um, life cycle of the word of mouth example. I I think that would be an amazing show. It'd be incredible. Uh, Mm -hmm. We just have to find a client, right, that would give you that kind of access. For, yeah. for that length of time but yeah I, I couldn't agree more that would be a, a, a terrific show I think this could be a Netflix original documentary <laughs> <laughs> feels like a lot of work but yes yeah, perhaps let's start there <laughs> so so you know everything that you've done with Talk Trigger seems so well thought through and you've taken so much content and opportunities from it you've got all your you've got other books as well have you followed this similar approach with all the other books that you've had um, yes and no. I think we're, we get better at it all each time as an organization, not just me, but but our team. Um, certainly with Utility, which is my first big book, we we did a lot of repurposing and, and content and still do. Um, Hug Your Haters, which is my book about customer service thing. We didn't have a show, right? So we didn't have a Hug Your Haters mm-hmm. um, show post uh, post book release I actually did pre-book release show uh, to promote the book we did a, a special kind of Facebook only program that was kind of fun so e- you know each time we do it a little differently because one as I said I get bored two what works I think changes a little bit um, and, and three we feel as an organization like it's our responsibility to try a lot of different things because ultimately our clients rely on us to tell them what to do and so I feel like we have to have at least experienced a lot of different things to say you know what this works in this situation this works in that situation. This doesn't usually work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's better if we have some real world experience with that. So we tend to, to uh, you know, I wish it was as easy as, okay, Jay wrote another book, go get the book marketing playbook, right? Yeah. You know, get that off the shelf and execute it. Like, I wish it was that simple. But and, and the reality is we typically start from scratch each time, which I'm sure drives my team crazy, but that's okay. Has there been a particular memory of where you learn how not to do it? Like anything that you wished, if you turned back time, you would have leveraged <laughs> in a different way? Like- yeah. Yeah. There's a few things like, 
in my first, very first book, The Now Revolution, that I wrote with Amber Naslin, we had QR codes in the book. I kind of, in retrospect, wish we hadn't have done that. That didn't hold up too well, uh, historically. Uh, one of my other books, uh, Hug Your Haters, we actually ran, uh, well, it wasn't so much of a content issue, but we 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 did the deal where we wanted people to buy the books from us, and then we would go buy them from Barnes & Noble or, or or chapters or what have you. And, and then and then send them out. And that seemed like a good idea because it helps you sort of collect all the orders for the bestseller lists and all those kind of things. But boy, you, you haven't had a you haven't had a good weekend until you've got about ten thousand people's individual credit card charges <laughs> on an Excel spreadsheet on your laptop that you're then trying to make sure that they get their book shipped and that there's no, you know, errors in their shipping address. And it it was it, <laughs> <laughs> Forever again, like I, I, it was not, it was not fun uh, at all, at all. Uh, the nice thing about talk triggers from a content standpoint, uh, in comparison to uh, previous books I've written, is that the book itself lends it, it lends it the, the the content lends itself to to case studies, right? And yeah. and being able to do them in a compartmentalized way, even more so than things I've done in the past. So that that's been that's been the easiest one to kind of repurpose. And yeah. even now we've got a talk triggers Facebook group, which is really active. And, and people just today it was another one. Somebody surfaced a new idea that they found. Uh, like here's a great idea, and and here's the thing about sort of repurposing from the bottom, Amy. So we've got this Facebook group, and and if you read the book, you get access to the group if you ask us to be in. And so we have, I don't know, five six hundred people um, in the group. A lot more readers than that, of course, but five or six hundred people in the group. And and all the time they'll come up with new ideas and and say, oh, I just I just didn't, I'll tell you the story. Actually, a, a, a person in the group. Uh, their uh, dog unfortunately passed away recently, and the 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 dog sitter, the sort of pet boarder that that handled their dog Kramer um, when they were out of town, uh, sent them a very very nice like a glass coaster um, with a picture of of Kramer in it and just a, a sweet handwritten note like we're really going to miss Kramer here. It was beautiful, so empathetic, so touching, just just a really. Um, just a truly genuine gesture, right? And everybody yeah. uh, feels that emotion when they've lost a pet. Mm -hmm. And so this person like immediately, you know, posted the story to the Facebook group and we're like, yeah, that's a great talk trigger. Talkable empathy is one of the one of the ways to 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 create word of mouth we talk about in the book. And so now I've got that story. I just told you the story. Now the next time I go yeah. give a presentation, which is like this week, I'll probably take that story and put it into the keynote. Well, now it's in the keynote and I test it on stage and if it works well, well then maybe it'll be a, a a future episode of the podcast, right? So so you can you can repurpose from the top down, right? Yeah. Just from the book to a tweet, right? But you can also go the other way around, which is a, a mention in a Facebook group all the way up maybe to the next book. So mm -hmm. so it's people think of of repurposing as a staircase that only goes down. Mm -hmm. But the staircase actually goes both directions if you do it right. Yeah, it does, definitely. Have you um have you had businesses specifically reach out to you telling you about their talk trigger in the hope for you to mention them as well? Uh Certainly in the Facebook group, absolutely. Sometimes in social media, LinkedIn in particular, where I get it the most is on stage. So uh, I was uh, in Los Angeles last week doing a presentation for Volkswagen of Australia. They brought a bunch of their dealers over to Los Angeles for a, a seminar. So I was talking about uh, word of mouth and, and a guy came up to me afterwards and he's a Volkswagen dealer uh, outside of Brisbane. And, and they have on the roof of their dealership a whole bunch of beehives. 
and you know it's good for pollinating flowers, et cetera, et cetera. But they make their own honey from the beehives on top of the VW dealership. And when you bring your vehicle in for service, so you need you know new brake pads or tires rotated or what have you, they leave a small jar of honey uh, in the cup holder uh, of the car with a little note. And I was like, that's a terrific talk to right? So <laughs> yeah. that's like perfect, right? So that'll be in the talk eventually, right? So yeah. uh, so so the, it, it, it's amazing when I get off stage. In that case, it was fairly small, but the day before I did an event with 3,000 people and mm-hmm. and a bunch of folks came up to me afterwards and said, oh, we've already got one. How do you, th- how do you like this one? How do you like that one? So that's really, really fun. Uh, yeah. That occurs. And have you had some of the people, the businesses mentioned in the book um, who maybe didn't know that you were mentioning them? Have you had any of them get in touch and say, we've had a business boosted since you mentioned them because people are turning up for their yeah. know, special... Yeah. Most of the people who are in the book, we alerted them ahead of time. Yeah. Is the best we could for, for a number of reasons. One, just, just to make sure they're they're okay and, and two, uh, maybe they'll help promote it, those kind of things. And, and some of those some of them did for sure. Um, I don't know that we've had anybody say our business is boosted because it was in the book, but but there's lots of uh, businesses mentioned in the book who who you know, so I'll say something on a stage about them and then someone will tweet them mm-hmm. and they'll be like, yep, there's Jay talking about us again. Right. They, you know, <laughs> they, they see, they see spikes in their social media because people yeah. are in the room or, or it gets passed along, uh, all the time. Yeah. And, and definitely I've, uh, you know, they're like, if you ever, if you're ever in town, you know, free dinner on us, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I definitely. So, my, me and the team at Content X, we want to go to that bar with the mermaids. We want to go to that theme park with yes. the drinks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You. You do kind of. Yeah. I, if I was in those areas, I definitely want to go. We should do. We should create, talk about repurposing, I should create like a talk triggers tour where mm-hmm. where we get people and we get in a bus or whatever, and we just go to some of the businesses that are referenced in the book. And, and that's like a vacation. That would be. Yeah, hilarious. I sure. think you should definitely do that. <laughs> Fun. Um, so last couple of questions I wanted to ask you. Um, so the video content. So, you, yeah. you know, we've talked triggers. We created the videos and, and they were just so so great the way they were short and concise but just told the story um is video a key marketing asset for you like is that something that you always try and incorporate into the different um campaigns that you run the content these days yes yeah um historically no you know because i'm a writer i started as a writer and, and then i became a podcaster and have have succeeded at those, but but there's no question that more and more people are spending more and more time mm-hmm. with video. You just you know you can't. There's, there's nothing to argue about on that, uh, and and so I feel like you have to have some video assets. And and as you well know, Amy, the nice thing about video is that if you have video, you have audio. And if you have video, you have text, right? You just got to, you know, transcribe and clean it up and those kind of things. And so when we work with clients and they're like, well, should we do a video series or a podcast? We always say, well, do a video series and then you have a podcast. Mm -hmm. You just have to be thoughtful about about making sure that you're not saying things um, that that, that, that don't add up on the podcast because people can't see the screen. But 
Uh, I feel like there's really no point doing uh, an, an audio-only show. Yeah. In fact, we just started a new video program, just started yesterday, uh, that we're doing with uh, Oracle. And it's 50, 52 weeks. That's so one a week. 52-episode uh, series called On the Fly, where each week we have a, a new person. Uh, I'm doing one. And then we have a lot of other influencers doing them. And and it's, uh, it's a very short two- or three-minute piece of marketing advice. But the hook of the show, the conceit, is that it's on the fly. So it's you have to you have to shoot it on your phone, like at an airport, on a train, on a boat. You have to be traveling while you do it. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how the show works. But you know, it's a video, but it's also a podcast, and it's also a blog post, and it's also all those other things. But uh, I, I always feel like you might as well start with video. Yeah, I know. Whenever anyone asks me what's the the best form of repurposing starting at the top is I always say video for sure. Well, um, even on my show, even on Social Pros, right, which is a podcast, it has been yeah. a podcast since January of 2012. It's always been an audio show. Mm -hmm. But what we do partially because of ideas from you and your team, Amy, is, is we actually record the video um, when we when we record the podcast. And then while we don't publish the full-length video at this point, we did for a short time, but while we don't publish the full 45-minute video, what we do is is create like a five-minute video highlights package of the show. So here's the most interesting things that were said in this week's episode, and that video chunk mm -hmm. uh, goes goes on YouTube. And then we also use the video for, uh, for teaser purposes, and, and that works great. I, I just feel like, not to mention the fact, Right, especially in a podcast, if you're going to do an interview style show like this one, having your camera on makes the interview better mm -hmm. every time. I've been I've been doing this a long time, and and it just makes it better. I mean, there's there's something to be said about body language and nonverbal cues that just makes the conversation more comfortable when you can see one another. Even if you don't ever use the video, I very much recommend that that you should record with video on. Yeah, you're right. It just you can sometimes tell the you can listen and almost guess which conversations were not. There were no cues there, and there was nothing on camera, can't you? So I agree. Um, and now with um, video content, so you obviously on stage delivering all the keynotes. I'm sure you pretty much always get like the video footage if you want of the keynotes that you present. Do have you done any repurposing of your delivery on stage of your keynote yes and although you would be surprised a a lot of events don't shoot video b if they do it's just locked down because they're using it to throw up on the screens in the conference so it it is video but it's not great video uh and sometimes they don't audio track it as well so it's not as common as you might think to be able to get really solid um output from an event but we do on occasion <laughs> so what we'll do with those is we we good stuff we keep and then we change out my speaking reel right so my 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 highlight reel that that meeting planners look at to decide whether to hire me will change out bits in there and then we'll take uh, individual clips of me on stage saying things that are illuminating or funny what have you uh, and we use them in ads so yeah. we don't we, we we actually have um, a Facebook, primarily Facebook video ad program, which is mostly remarketing. So if somebody comes to my site uh, and spends a little time there, we're like, oh, they must be interested in having me speak. Then we'll start to show them ads of me doing little bits on stage over time uh, to get them to come back to the site and then hopefully, uh, you know, book a date.
Oh, okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. We've just launched a new service called TED 10X, but actually you don't have to be a TED speaker, just a good quality video from talks where we'll then do the one-off repurposes, turn it into loads of different videos and nice. uh, clips and, and, and graphics and things like that too, because um, I guess, you know, when you deliver a TED or TEDx, you do get quite a good quality video, but like, yes. like you mentioned, not always for every type of talk. But that's really interesting that you said that, that it's more kind of retargeting for people, yeah, perusing the site, that makes sense. When you do that program, how long are the clips? Um, well, a variety, so short teasers, like uh, less than a minute to put on Instagram, yeah. to, uh, portrait for stories, and then uh, trailers, like, like you know, four or five minute YouTube trailers, that kind of thing as well. Yeah. All designed okay. for speakers who get these great, great video footage and then don't really, you know, know what to actually do with it to make the most of it. So that's yeah. a, a new thing for us. So, yeah, <laughs> I was interested to see what you did. Um, right. Well, so I think we should wrap up there. Um, thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. It's such a good conversation. See, I was right when I said at the start. Of the <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It's such a, a pleasure to be here and, and great to work with you and the whole team at 10X. Oh, thank you. Um, so, well, I mean, obviously I'll put links and everything in the show notes, but where, what one place would you like people to go to to... Um, follow you, find out more. I'll give you three places and you can delete if you want. Uh, convince is our main site. We've got 5,500 free articles for marketers and business owners, plus a network of podcasts. jbear.com is my main site for me. Uh, and then we've been talking about the book, Talk Triggers. TalkTriggers.com is, uh, is the site for the book. And if you want to get better about word of mouth, that's where you should go. In fact, there's tons and tons and tons of free resources on the site, videos, worksheets, um, how-to guides, infographics, all kinds of stuff uh, for free at talktriggers.com. Brilliant. Okay. I'll add all of those links to the show notes. So great. Thanks, Jay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Take care.